0: Hello and welcome to the Stringer Podcast number 34. I almost said the the, the hockey podcast (laughs) because (laughs) right before we had started, we were talking about hockey. Uh, Bad start to the year for me, obviously, in 2019, but great start for the podcast. We have Christian Jack on the show this week. Christian is a well-known Canadian soccer reporter. He came over from Great Britain uh, right around 2000, and uh, we talk about his time at the score, his time at TSN, and... We've kicked off, I'm not sure if you heard, we kicked off a brand new podcast as part of the Stringer family. It's called KJ and Caldwell, a football podcast. So we get, oh, actually, we don't get into that at all, Dylan. We went the full hour. We didn't talk at all uh, about the new podcast. But we knew.
1: We knew it was coming.
0: We knew it was coming, so maybe we just didn't have to. So get to know Christian Jack, I guess. Great music Mine, uh, We kind of go through some of his favorites. The time that he got to interview one of the Gallagher brothers. We talked about, as I said earlier, his move over here. And just, you know, soccer, his soccer life in general. And the way our lives have intertwined a couple times during a couple uh, big Toronto events. So yeah, Christian Jack, at Christian Jack on Twitter. Or you can follow at a football pod, which is the Twitter account For the new football podcast. Oh, and at a football pod on Instagram. It's the exact same. Before we get to that, though, we got some weekend news for you. Friday, January 11th. Actually, I was really excited because I picked something else for Friday. But then I saw this. This came up. A Princess Bride showing at the Cinesphere. I haven't seen uh, any shows yet at the Cinesphere uh, since they've reopened it and started showing films in there. This might be my first. This might be the one that I want to go see. 7.30, it plays 955 Lakeshore Boulevard West. You can't stink and miss it. It's right on the water in Ontario Place. Uh, Head over to OntarioPlace.com and you can get your tickets 7.30pm on Friday to see The Princess Bride, probably one of the most quotable comedies of my early childhood, at least, I think, in comedy land. It's one of the ones that I was allowed to watch. Saturday, January 12th, Trevor Noah is at the Sony Center for the Performing Arts. Just for a laugh, is bringing comedian and host of The Daily Show, Trevor Noah, to the Sony Center. That is the best description I've ever had, because it's right to the point. It's only one paragraph long. Trevor Noah, 7 and seven thirty-two shows on Saturday, one Front Street East, if you want tickets. Seat Giant can be your hookup. Head on over to seatgiant.ca. You can search Trevor Noah. You can search Saturday, January 12th. You can search Toronto alone if you want, or the Sony Center, any of those four things. Just search them. Trevor Noah's going to come up and get yourself some awesome tickets for what's going to be a great show. Uh, He's in, I think he's here all weekend. At least Friday and Saturday he has shows. Sunday, January 13th. This is not so much an event I think you should go to, but it's a public service announcement. I feel like I have to impart this on you so that you stay away from it if you really don't want to see what's going on. Uh, It's a no-pants subway ride at 3 p.m. It starts at the Eaton Center in downtown Toronto and goes to Osgoode Station. It's happening simultaneously in 50-plus cities around the world. The No Pants Subway Ride is a celebration of silliness to bring a smile to commuters' faces. I don't know if a smile is what they're going to get. Don't forget your dance shoes. They're throwing a No Pants dance after party. That's really hard to say. I would just wish they had a Trevor Noah description, including dance-offs and prizes for the raddest No Pants. Uh, it starts at 3 p.m. You meet upstairs at the Eaton Center, uh, the Dundas Street entrance at 3.20-ish. They lose their pants. 3.50-ish. Pantless Parade from Osgood Station to the after party, and 4 p.m., the after party kicks off. So as I said, this is not something I'm going to be attending. It's kind of weird. It's like that naked bike ride that happens. Totally not my scene. But I thought you should be aware, in case you're bringing your kids downtown to like go shopping, pick up some winter clothes, I don't know, stuff you do on Sunday, watch out for the no pants party on the subway, okay, that's it for the weekend, if you don't love our ideas, it's cool, I get it, it wouldn't be the first time, but you can do one of two things, you've got to act though, you got to do something, you can either reach out to us with something that you've got coming up, that you'd like us to promote because you're going to be there by hitting us up on Twitter at Stringer Podcast or shooting us an email, events at stringer.ca. or you can just go to seatgiant.ca and figure out your own damn weekend. You don't need us. You're a big boy or girl. You know what you're doing. They've got everything from concerts, sporting events, theater, live shows, and comedy. Just use promo code STRINGER at the very end and you can save yourself a couple dollars on your purchase that's everything I got for you before we get to Christian Jack remember he's at Christian Jack on Twitter or you can follow him with the new newly minted now ready for subscription KJ and Caldwell football podcast at a football pod on Twitter and Instagram okay Dale uh my voice have I let you speak at all during this opening I'm not here this is 2019 I don't speak at all <laughs> No more speaking for Dill. We'll see about that, Dylan Wilson. No, I think we're just both hungry and we want to get lunch. Happy New Year. Let's ring it in the way I like to ring everything in with a sax. Hey, 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 hey. Like you you're familiar with speaking. And- uh I'll try.
1: I'll, I'll try. I'll do my best.
0: <laughs> I heard a funny story. Is it true that you've brought your own windscreens before for microphones?
1: Um, did I hear that?
0: No. No. Oh I did hear I did hear that. But I was like, oh no, I'm like, are we gonna have to have a separate set just for KJ? Just so you know, that's it's like me. you can take it out of the wrapping. I remember... That's not me. I remember... I'm not going to say who I was working for because it wasn't Leaf TV at the time, but they wanted me to use a communal IFB. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, no, oh, no I'm good, it, thanks. That's, that's I brought like, my own. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have it. They're like, yeah. oh, no, it's cool. We clean it every time. And no, I'm like... I don't care. No, no it has cool. to go in my ear. Not that there's anything in my ear, mm-hmm. like... It's not like I'm ingesting anything. I don't think there's anything no, like I I don't know what we could transmit. <laughs> like there's not pink ear
1: disease that it could transmit but, but I just don't want to No, no, I'm with I you. I don't want to think about it. No. I do carry a pack of wipes around a lot with me. Yeah. I do clean down I do clean down my entire
2: seat in a plane. The entire seat.
1: No way. Oh yeah. Before you like screen any...
2: screen armrests Seatbelt. <laughs> because you just don't Well, they don't clean that. And like literally, like a lot of the flights I've just done lately, the plane has just arrived. I've just watched those people get off. Right. Ten minutes later, I'm going you're, back and I'm yeah. sitting in that person's seat who's been touching the screen and everything. And so
0: you're Well, thinking, I mean, who knows what yeah. they have. I know what I don't like is when they didn't get the garbage out of the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's and so usually I get on the plane pretty quickly. Right. And I'll grab it and I'll stuff it in the one next
1: to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I don't want to. That's wanna, the equivalent of getting in an elevator and going, the guy's coming, press yeah. the button to close the <laughs> door. Do you live in a house or in a building?
0: I'm in a house. Oh, you're in a house. Okay. Yeah. No, there's some days, like you can gauge how happy I am right. based on how I treat people, what my elevator etiquette is Yeah, yeah, is of like, course. Yeah. And I'll get home and like Saturday night, I had just one of those nights with the boys, but I get home and you're not having anybody. You're like, I got to get upstairs like, yeah. quick. And then you you can hear because you have to like go in the main door where you s- swipe your key card, then like go around a corner. Mm. So if you are just, if your doors are opening and you hear someone buzz in, Like you know that you've got a good 15 seconds before they round the corner (laughs) and see the elevator. It's class. And you can just like really quietly do it. The worst is I've had it where I hear the person mashing the button, like Mm. even on my floor, because they hear me lock my door and I go to the elevator and I can hear them and I'm like, Motherfuck. You know I, I, I didn't want to ride with them anyway, yeah. and I just take the stairs. I think
2: they should just make a rule now, where you know you have elevators, and
1: you have like, you go to a condo building, you have like three elevators. Just make like one of those elevators only if you want to ride on your own. And if <laughs> so, if to see if there would be a lineup, like that one's available, you got to go with the people. But no, no, I'm taking this. Like, you That's line up. A you fantastic thing. idea! It's like it's the, the express yeah. line, exactly, yeah. or the kind of express actually line. It could be longer, but you no. just don't want to. Li- you don't want to get in the elevator. You don't want the to deal with match, it. so you yeah. have to go on your own. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, 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 no, I'm, waiting. I'm waiting. Or so they could just
0: take the. Cl- what's the like? What purpose does the close button have in yeah, an elevator? Exactly. Just that, remove it. That's true. Like you could keep the open button. I get that. Yeah. Like I one time was walking my dog, and I just wasn't paying attention. She pulled at the last second, and ran out the door yeah. back towards my apartment. Okay. Yeah. You and know. so you have to like hold open, and the people in the elevator held the door open while I went and got my dog. I get that. What do you need the close one for? I'm with you. Chris and Jack on the podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for an intro? There we go. We're really good people, I swear. On the inside, deep down. It's all good, all good. How's it going? We're recording this in December, so we're right ahead of, of the holidays. How are your, your shopping done? Your planning done? Yes. What's what's the holidays like in the Jack house? It's all done,
2: really. I mean, I don't, uh, we have a big birthday in my house, so my daughter turns 12 on Christmas Eve. Oh, so uh, that is um, really the beginning of all the festivities, but it's also the delay of Christmas a little bit because right. it just comes down to her and it's all about her. So it's a special day. Uh, it's a special day for her and she loves it. We, you know, when, when we had her, uh, it was always one of those. Concerning things, oh, it's right near Christmas. And everyone's like, oh, that's a shame. No, no. Jenny and I were like, no, we are very determined to make this extremely positive for her. And it has been. She loves it. She's off school every day, every year for Christmas, for her birthday. And she has her big day. So to answer your question, it's all about her right now, and as it should be. And then Christmas morning will be a a, a whole new day. So you have two kids, right? Yes. My son son just turned eight. How
0: does he react to the whole Christmas thing? Because I would – that's where I would be worried. I grew up with two other brothers. And first of all, brothers can be a pain. Like, the boys are their own, like, oh, yes. warped little humans. <clears throat> yes, they are. And I would totally – if my brother's birthday was near Christmas, I would be the one thinking that I have to screw this up for him. <laughs> like, I, it's not fair that he gets, like, glory for three days mm-hmm. or whatever. I've got to find a way to mess this up. So your boy, but being at eight, maybe he—he's pretty good actually. He, he's still yeah. good. Yeah, a kid. He, yeah, he's good. Hasn't <laughs> been spoiled yet by hormones.
2: Not at all. No, actually, he's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We've done something really well with him. I think
1: I don't know. We look. <laughs> I don't know how we've done it sometimes. But he's. Yeah, he's. He's a better human than we are for sure. <laughs> There's no question about that. He's got. He's got a heart of gold. He's excited for us for a birthday as well. So it'd be good. You have a brother. I do. Yeah. yeah. Young, younger older younger brother. Oh, he's yeah. younger. Yeah. He and is. just the two yeah. of you. He
2: looks older though. You were about to say you thought he was older, right? Uh,
0: I was I always let people say that. I don't want him listening to this and be like they always say
2: that. that's all good.
0: That's Damn Canadian. It's just the
2: gray on my brother's head. That ma- makes people think <laughs> The one the one good thing about being blonde is that it hides the gray a little bit longer. Tell I me think. about it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah.
0: I got it. I hide, like the odd time I see it coming in in my beard. Yeah. And
2: I'll see like the odd one come in and I'm like, "Oh,
0: don't you dare."
2: So you've got uh, the rocking the wicked beard right now. Oh, I thank don't you. I don't have a beard cuz we literally just did my show yesterday. Right. So people see me and I haven't been on TV for a while they were like oh you!" I'm like yeah I would have this all the time if I could <laughs> I, <it's laughs> so I have to shave for my
0: show <laughs> because there's also there's like a balance and I'll notice it where it's just you get out of the shower or whatever and you're getting yourself ready and you look up and you look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, oh, no, you look homeless. <laughs> like, it's time <laughs> I like to, that look. to trim it back. <laughs> no, I like the it's meant to be there look. Yes. Like, it's supposed to be on your face. I'm with you.
2: You don't want to go all like Brent Burns, San Jose Sharks. it's
0: no. <laughs> Just long and yeah, scraggly that that and disgusting. Just, yeah. needs yeah. trimming. I, uh, I came across something interesting that you decided as a family... To move over from England that's like right. it wasn't just a you decision it's true it was a whole family decision mm-hmm. and you're like oh no we thought we could find you know a, a better I don't want to say better life a different life yeah what fair. what was it because you're not like you're 20 odd at the time yeah the, very early 20s your yeah. brother's probably then a couple years younger than yes. you. yes yes not older <laughs> than you yet that's right he will get older than you he in, does the, not like in a few years yeah yeah but what what is the catalyst to that decision? What, uh, what's going on there? Yes. like, hey, you know what? <laughs> North
2: America, you got something right. It's probably the one question I, I get asked more than anything else. Oh, uh, so then we'll move on. Um, no. <laughs> no, in terms of the reasoning for it, I think the thing is with my field is that there's a lot of people who absolutely adore England mm-hmm. you know, because of what I do and I do the Premier League and everybody who loves it over here. Just said, so why would you want to leave that country? And it was never really about... leaving something that was broken. It was about finding something better. Mm -hmm. And I've always been... Obsessed is a strong word, but I'll go with it. North America has always like very Mm -hmm. intrigued me. Mm -hmm. Obsessed with it a lot of the time, and um, I found a lot of love in the United States. First of all, like I love that lifestyle, love all the sports, I love the positivity Mm -hmm. of North America, and I went to Atlanta first because I interned at CNN Mm -hmm. in the nineties, and so then we I went there and did that, and then we came here as a family in nineteen ninety seven. I was nineteen, and instead of staying in hotels, we were we were brought in by. Um, friends of a friend and we stayed with them for two weeks in Burlington where I live now Mm -hmm. and they would just stay with us and then instead of getting that look of what it's like to be on vacation we got that look of what it was like to live and we got another look and insight into what it was really like in North America to live as a family so then we went back and started that whole process and it wasn't an easy one you know you have to go through and see whether you can get here and I was then officially no longer a dependent on my parents because I was 21 or over, so my application took longer. They moved here before me and I carried on. I was working full time in, in sports journalism in England uh, for newspapers and then they came and then I went and then eventually came afterwards. And So yeah, it's uh, it's been 18 years now which is incredible. You said you
0: like the positivity of North America. Are you still feeling that right now?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I
0: had, I'm sorry, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you said it's positivity and I'm like...
2: Yeah. I'll tell you why maybe I live a bit of a sheltered life, but it's still remarkably positive for me mm-hmm. um, and I'm not necessarily talking about culturally or obviously the big issues with you know political leadership mm-hmm. and things like that I'm just talking about everyday interaction that's mainly what I'm talking about workplaces you know friends family lifestyle things like that basically the lens in which you you watch the life uh, appear in front of your eyes every yeah. day and you know look. Obviously, there's problems here culturally mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. in North America. But by the way, they're also existing maybe even stronger right now with Brexit yes, in the UK completely. as well, which is which is a very difficult time for that as well. So nowhere's perfect, right? No.
0: Nowhere is perfect. It must be the weather. That's what I'm going to say. It must be the gray skies. That's why. If there's less positive outlook, you know, maybe it's the gray skies in London. Uh, Or in England that 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 bring the people down. I always have a great experience whenever I go over, but I also get the ability to be the foreigner. Yeah, right. And that's always oh oh, look, there's a lot of things.
2: Sorry to interrupt. There's a lot of things about the country that is just brilliant and that I miss. I miss the the the. the camaraderie a little bit. I miss the the comedy. The the comedy is is the, by by far and away the best comedy you'll ever find over there. I'm not just talking about what you're watching on TV. I'm just talking about between each other. Yeah. You know the um, the ability to consistently <clears throat> have a go at each other and really know that they don't really mean it. Like right. when, when I first came here. I found myself doing that to some people and then it, they were like, why, why are you being so mean? Yeah, yeah, or what, yeah. I was like, what, what did I do wrong? What yeah, did I do like, to you? I didn't realize it was a little bit more of a sensitive culture here yeah. than it was there. Um, so I certainly do miss that. And, and they know how to have a good time. Yeah. They know how to have a good time. Uh, but they also work really hard, just like we all do. Mm. And um, sometimes it can be, you know, it's an, it's an overpopulated country. It's a busy country. And um, as much as we live in a very busy area here, I, I still think that I can find a a little bit more tranquility in this side of the world, yeah. I came across an interesting
0: interview with someone. Uh, I was just watching it over the weekend and it was just, you know, it was a nothing interview. I don't want to say that, but, you know, I'm just kind of going through things and my brain's processing And, and he's an entertainer, he's a singer, and he said that, like, he pointed to these things he did at three years old and, and just these these funny little things as a child in all those formative years that his parents then always remind him of. It's like, remember, he used to stand in front of the radio and cry until we put it on. Right. Right. Or he used to, like, dress up in your dad's most ridiculous stuff and, and, and dance around singing a song. He told a story where in grade school, he brought in uh, a recording of Born to Run. Uh, that he had, like, recorded off the radio and and on the tape wrote his name on it and told all his friends that, no, that was him, like, at whatever age he's at. (laughs) And that immediately gave me flashbacks to me being a kid, and I had a flair for the dramatic. I I I, really? I, I don't have, me get out of town I, um and I just remember putting on these plays with my cousins and my neighbors in my parents living room and they're holding like a wine and cheese and we're just determined mm-hmm. to put on like the 10 commandments or something like we picked the most ridiculous thing <laughs> Great. to put on for them. You've always wanted to be in sports. Yes. Where, how far back can you trace that? How? What earliest? Like, are you with a notepad at like five doing box scores?
2: Yeah, I am. Um,
0: yeah, pretty,
2: pretty <laughs> I didn't much. Know the answer? Not to box that. scores, but I mean, I, uh, I, I was. I mean, my dad loved sports, and so I was. Really, just followed him everywhere I wanted to go. Like, we grew up in a very sporting family, me and my dad and my brother. My mom just had to get involved, you know, if she wanted to be. (laughs) And she did. She went everywhere with us. And we went to watch lots of different sporting events, live sporting events too, which is something in the UK. I think they do a little bit better than they do here Mm -hmm. in terms of making sports more family accessible, I mm-hmm. suppose. And there's lots of different levels. It's not just about the elite levels of the top class leagues. There's lots of other events going on in mm-hmm. sports so that are a little bit more, I guess that the weather helps over there that it's a little bit more open mm-hmm. 24 seven than the, the, than the real stark contrast of the weather you get in Canada. Um, but yeah, I just loved it. You know, I love sports. And then I, my, my son's the same now that I was when I was a kid that, that so many reenactments used to happen in my house, you know. So whether I was playing with, soccer guys like in a studio playing or or playing with like we're a big motorsport family playing with bikes or cars as a kid just just on the floor playing with them and then I would have pens and paper and I would create my own championships and all that stuff you got it from from as early as I can remember that I, I wanted to do that and you know, I wasn't blessed with incredible athletic talent in certain <laughs> yeah. sports. Um, there was one sport that I was pretty good at that wasn't soccer, but so then I realized Dirt. that that cricket actually. Yeah. But oh, was it really? Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, there was really nothing else that I felt like that I could be really professional at. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, find a different way and I love to write. I still mm-hmm. do. That's really my major passion. I love writing and from a very early age at school, the ones, the one class I loved was English and I just wanted to just continue to bless the, the the dream scenario for me was watching sports and writing about it or mm-hmm. creating a sp- story around that and that was that's still the desire
1: today
0: you, you said your favorite course was english uh, i despised for whatever reason every english class right. like, i just I, I i think it was more the forcing my hand to read something like it, it felt so structured for me yes and and i always like in my head i was never going to take english as far as like after I didn't have to anymore. But then when I left high school, I had collected every single English credit available, right. including like um, like ancient writings, playwriting, English media, English literature, like everything. I, I don't know how it was. It just seemed like it was the next. I'm like, oh, and this seems interesting. Like yes. it's not English. I'll just explore it. And this seems interesting. And I think it's just a way – it's the creativity working itself out. 100%. And and it's not the having to read a book. It's – almost for me, it was like having to BS the report at the end Mm -hmm. and like how how skillful can my writing be Mm -hmm. to convince a group of people – that I know what I'm talking about <laughs> when I don't, and funny enough, I think I've taken that through my career.
2: <laughs> oh, this guy—he's always self-deprecating. Um, no, I know what you mean. I, I think there's an ability for me. It was always an ability to take the reader, and I try to do this now as a viewer, to a place where they didn't see it, even if they mm-hmm. did see it you know what I mean, show them something they didn't see and tell the story a little bit better than it could. And, um, yeah, that's something that I'm talking to my daughter about now. She loves to, to write, but she doesn't like to read as much. So it's like, I'm just like, well, if you read more, you become a better writer, you know, it's, it's obvious. So, um, but yeah, so that for me was, was, was something that I was always interested in and, you know, I never would have imagined it would take me to television. Yeah. Yeah. But that was just I guess the way that the media works when I worked when I came here.
0: If you if we're on the same path, that means in a couple of years you're gonna start a sports documentary. <laughs> and then you'll do that and then you'll, you'll open up your own shop after there that. You because go. I had gotten in I broke in at writing. I was hmm. fortunate I, I started writing so you said that you love motorsports and I got my start in automotive. Right. And so I that's when I was first published at eighteen was in automotive. And then I kind of went down and I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to get into like more sports than just hardcore automotive. Um, and then that's when I got my first job, like writing because I did freelance pieces. And then that developed into a job where I was writing full time. And they're like, Do you want to be a reporter, not just like a writer? I was like, Oh, this is neat. And then that led me to on camera. Mm-hmm. And I realized I think pretty like, even though I love talking, I don't think I like the formality of being on camera. It, right. You have to shave apparently <laughs> yeah, yeah, just every day. You yeah, like it's yeah. it's just hard it just didn't work for me. And I moved into a producer role. Yes. I think because I realized what, first of all, what an IFB was and that you have someone in your ear and then they're kind of, at least in my experience, they were giving me my points and counterpoints Mm -hmm. and that was hard to not be independent. Like, I I just didn't feel my independence there. But you come with such, and, and as a viewer, you come with such respect and such a wealth of knowledge. Thank you. You're welcome. That whether it's... Stephen and Luke, or it's the producers that you work with, and I was lucky enough to meet Mm -hmm. with my time at Toronto FC, you guys all seem to have this brotherhood. And I say brotherhood because, in a way, we were talking about earlier, you can kind of take the piss out of each other every once in a while if you want to. Oh, yeah. happens a lot. (laughs) But at the same time, you can finish each other's sentences, and you Mm -hmm. just have that um, camaraderie. Right. How has the last three years, let's say, been for Mm. you as Stevens come in? Yeah. uh, Because I knew him. I was lucky enough to work with him.
2: And and you guys have kind of almost solidified this group. Yeah, it's been a dream, to be fair. I mean, I never imagined it would be this good. And uh, uh, look, it's. I've been on camera now maybe for a decade in, in Canada I was, no I was at the score before that as well my, my point being that that found me rather than me finding it yeah. it was never a desire you talked there about the being the producer role I did that for many years at the score and loved it I loved being able to put together a rundown and help my I, I don't like this on air talent yeah. thing that is discussed because there's so much talent in other areas but yeah. that's what they call them to help the on the on air presenters the broadcasters and I always thought that I would be the behind the scenes guy and then it just kind of felt the other way but um, to, to get to your point about about Luke and Stephen is, it's very difficult to find on air camaraderie if you don't have it off the air, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and we've all worked with people in the past where you you know you get along and there's a relationship there. But I think that the best shows are when you know that these guys get along and mm-hmm. you talk about finishing each other's sentences. It's just natural, you know. And you know I've always done. Um, better with people without real egos and I know everyone will say oh, everyone's got a little bit of an ego but I generally would tell you that the three of us are very <laughs> very similar like just, there's just no ego there yeah. you know and it's, it's, it's just easy and, and that speaks to 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 both of them too and I suppose some people would speak about me but I'm better at speaking about others to speak to them too to what they've accomplished mm-hmm. you know I'm biased but Luke is the, the best play-by-play soccer commentator in North America and it's not close you know what he does is magnificent and he's a hum- as humble guy as you could ever mm-hmm. meet and he doesn't want the publicity and doesn't want to talk about it um, but you know you, you, you talk about Toronto FC you know they they, all their major moments, and they've had many over the last three seasons, the, have been narrated by him. Mm-hmm. And that'll be forever. Mm-hmm. And they that speaks to his ability to be able to be in, in, involved in that position. Mm-hmm. But also TFC and I think the people of Canada are very lucky to have the soundtrack accompanied by genuine world-class broadcaster like that. Mm-hmm. And, and Stephen has come from the playing side. And to come in and have the respect of what we do immediately without showing any ego mm-hmm. and to just believe that there's a position to, for him to be able to talk about and me to talk about, not just from two players, is, is wonderful. He's accepted me and he's noticed how much work I put in. Um, and I would never try and speak like what the accomplishments that he's had, you know, as, as, as mm-hmm. a player. So I always think there's, to provide a different voice. But yeah, it's a long-winded answer to tell you that genuinely what you see on the camera is what we have off the camera. It's just, a, it's just easy for us three to get along. I read
0: uh, your t- the piece you wrote about, uh, with Noel Gallagher over the yes, weekend. Yes, yes. And first of all, having grown up when I was born in 84, right. so all my formative years ended up being in the 90s mm. when Oasis was gigantic right. and they were like, they they were the top three bands, like hands down in on my cassette or on, you know, when you started burning cds yeah yeah 100% yeah. napster napster yeah yeah. <laughs> lime wire i don't suggest any anyone use these things just buy the songs now it's scary
1: that some people listen to this probably like what's that what's what, oh, no.
0: <laughs> napster <laughs> this is a sleeping aid <laughs> exactly it, it's an alarm that you know yeah. only lets you sleep for the right amount of time yeah um but you, I, I had, because I had read an interview with you that said that you were at a festival or something and, and you felt Oasis was just way beyond you. Like, yeah, so big. Yeah. And then here you are years later on a different continent, d- way advanced from that. That's right. And, and, and here's the person that you once thought was out of your reach. Right. And sports and media in general provides those opportunities and Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of cool i remember for me one of i think it was my second ever interview was with wendell clark and growing up a toronto kid having been born the year before he was drafted first overall and having a dad who thought that you know wendell was the second coming of christ right um i i was getting ready i was told with like 30 minutes lead time that yeah you're gonna get them we have them for you and I'm pacing around. And as I told my mom the story afterwards, she went to my brothers and she was like, "I think Clayton's lost it. Like, I think he's so down, so far down this hole that he doesn't know where reality is anymore." Right. You must have had, like, you have it probably at least a dozen of these experiences that you just get to add up and and put in this the, this mm. experience bank.
2: Yeah, I, I um. I've I've always had a real passion for interviewing people. Mm-hmm. And I try and make the interview always about them. And I think that's... That's where we differ. <laughs> no, no. This is very different. This is a conversation between us two. But, you know, I've had the fortune and pleasure of working with you on some of these projects now. So you've seen how we work together. Like we did the Zlatan together yeah, and, and different things. And and the, the Noel Gallagher one came about because... We'd worked um, with some people at TSN to know that he was in town, and we actually had a live Premier League game that that day. Mm -hmm. And we were like, let's get him on the Premier League coverage. And, And then at that point, the collaborative we came together and said look we need to be able to make sure that we get the best kind of interview here because originally we were going to get back to your IFB point we were going to do what we call in the industry a live double ender so mm-hmm. we would be in the studio all three of us and at that point I think it was Jason Luke and I and we would get oh join us now from Toronto Hotel is no Gallagher and yeah. he'd be like just listening to you and, I, yeah. and, and I'd looking, just, looking at a and I'd be like camera guys and... this is a disaster mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a very good idea so like okay so I said we need to send someone there and they're like, okay you're going to do it so they sent me there to do this interview but the, the No biggie. But the funny story about this whole interview was, so you know that you can do interviews in the industry and you can be fake life. So yeah. you can do an interview and they're like, oh I'll go live now to this, to Toronto. <laughs> and so I initially thought that's what we we're going to do. Yeah. Because as you know, when I prepare for interviews, I do a lot of reading of books or watching many, many interviews. And I try to make, much like this Latin one, as unique as possible to people who've done literally thousands of interviews. Mm-hmm. I want that one to stand out and be different. Mm-hmm. So I'm preparing for this interview. And of course, Noel Gallagher, one of the major consistencies about all interviews is swearing. Mm-hmm. So we go,
1: oh yeah, we, we're going to go live. I'm like, yeah, fake life no we're going to go live I'm like are you guys not doing your research and then they're like but you've got to tell him you can't swear I'm like I'm not doing that (laughs) I'm like, I'm not doing that. No Gallagher's gonna come in. I'm gonna shake his hand and introduce himself. and stuff. Hey, I'm Christian Schaaf from TSN. By the way, we're doing an interview. You can't swear. That's not gonna be well. Because by the way, knowing <laughs> oh, No Gallagher, hell, let's go. Knowing No Gallagher, I think yeah. that will probably mean that he'll swear more. Right, completely. Right? So I'm like, no, he's like, don't test. So me. at this point, this is not. I'm no longer an interviewer. I'm a psychologist at this point. I'm like, I'm gonna measure measure this room. So at first, we're in there, and and you know,
2: the, the execs from Sony are there, and then you think, okay, he's gonna come in with his herd of people behind yeah. him. No, No Gallagher comes in. He's on his own. He comes in sits down, he's, he's, he's class actually, he's great with me. He's a Northwest lad, I'm a Northwest lad. He's Manchester, I'm Preston. He immediately starts talking off camera thinking I'm an instant Man United fan. I'm like, no, not a Man yeah. United fan. Fine, fine. So that makes him feel better okay, already. Better, yeah. So then I'm like, okay, we're going to go live. So I tell him thinking we're going to go live. And I'm, and I'm at this point betting that he thinks, okay, we're live, this guy's a decent guy, we're not going to be able to do the swearing. So we do the interview two segments, I'll come back, we'll go back after the break, we do two different interviews and it went swimmingly, it was great. Mm-hmm. So then afterwards, I finish him shaking hands, like, okay, we're going to do one more and it's um, a, a double undo with Michael Landsberg on a, mm-hmm. a OTR that was around at the time. So then I sit back and watch it and at this point, I think he understands that it's not live. And then, yeah, every swear word
1: comes out of his mouth. So, so I was so like, You're Whoa. just dipping your forehead. Yeah. You're like, man, does yeah. it doesn't yeah. have to be me? Yeah, so they, are, so they can obviously beat that out because yeah. it's, pretty, it's Complete, fake live. But I'm looking back and it's still to this moment thinking, why did we not fake live these <laughs> interviews? And why did you put me through all this unnecessary stress, stress. before I interview, as you
2: said, one of yeah. the stars of the... Of, of, and i went to his concert the night before as well. And he, was, and he, and he is great. He's great yeah. live. Um, what a voice uh and you know cuz i just love music and, and and so yeah it was it was a special interview it was great it went really well and and, and again put it down to some experience and maybe <laughs> next time if he comes i still suggest we fake live <laughs>
0: <laughs> i uh we were talking earlier uh before we go on the mics about the connection of being in a group mm. and witnessing something together. And that's why people still go to movie theaters or that's why people go to bars and sporting events live because they they like the ability to share in a moment with a group of people. Mm. There's no better representation than at a, a music venue. And you know that every word that's being sung is only being sung in that one moment. And what an experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I still, my brother and I travel every year uh, generally go see the Foo Fighters play. Yeah, just because they've kind of been that band since right. we were kids right. or younger, uh, teen years that that we've connected to, and so we're like, oh, we'll still do it, and we become like those guys. Right, uh, and w- you know, this past uh, Canadian Thanksgiving, we went down to LA because they put on Cal Jam, and here they brought out uh, Chris Novoselic, and they played like. Five Nirvana songs or six Nirvana songs using Joan Jett as one of the singers. And it was like i you just can't believe what you're witnessing. Mm -hmm. And that's what music gives you. Not only does it give you a great story and incredible writing and all the things that I'm attracted to Mm -hmm. with entertainment normally, uh, let alone the ability to play an instrument, which Mm -hmm. I pretend to. But I don't know. It's it's ranked right up there with my sports ability. (laughs) Um, But you get to experience something and have a moment with, at a concert, hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people yeah. that's so unique and you have to be present for it. Yeah. And then you can leave it behind and put it in that memory bank as, oh, I, I was there when that happened. Yes. You need to
2: move on. Yes, yes, 100%. I worked at a radio station. While in, my entire life has been about... Trying to get into the media industry, so when you graduate, you succeeded. From, well done. Well, well, when when you graduate from, uh, like when I left school, I went. I did media studies rather than just journalism. Right away, I did journalism in university, but media studies was great because it enhanced my passion for music and mm-hmm. radio and photography and all of the different elements of media that they put you through to help you. You know, to try and find the one that you really loved. Mm-hmm. I always knew that it was writing, but it was mm-hmm. great to get that experience through everything else. And then I worked at a radio station, and we did lots of different stuff there, and. I actually one of the uh, venues that we once did we hosted this venue with all these different people come in we were the spice girls were there
1: that this was I read about this yes you were backstage, I was backstage with, with the, the spice, spice girls, girls before they were really the spice girls
0: and then you girls. were like
2: oh it doesn't matter yeah. because i'm here to see
0: Cast. That's was right. Cast? Oh, that's
2: my band, by the way. That's my band, Cast. Yeah, they still exist. They came back and they've been playing songs for fun over the last three years. Uh, but yeah, so I was there for Cast and Spice Girls were literally like, we were sitting on a table right now. They were, they were right next to us. But we didn't really know who they were at the time. And then they went on to be like mega stars. Like mm-hmm. in university in the 90s, like we were like they were like the band like a bunch of guys it wasn't me but i was i was given a different one but for our christmas party i was given a different role but five guys dressed up as the spice girls like it was they they transcended music in england at that time it was they were enormous and i believe they're coming back and doing a concert next year in the uk which has been an incredible sellout already um but yeah music's been so important and 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 obviously cast is not many people are going to know who they are but like cast manic street preachers the verve i went to see the verve live in wigan which is where they're from and Hall, and they're one of their first outside ever gigs Um, and Wigan was like 20 minutes from where I grew up all of this is like northwest England it's Mm -hmm. where I was the cast is Liverpool you know Manchester's obviously Oasis so I was in the middle of it in the 90s and um, but I love everything I love all music like my parents were into Motown and I love that you know I'm a big kaigo fan I love kaigo like really yeah I love that's my that's the thing I love that's what probably why I listen to more than anything right now yeah I' just love I love kaigo everything that, that that guy's done I think he's an absolute genius you know I just think everything that he can take and work with all these different artists mm-hmm. and turn different songs into something that is just not mm-hmm. anything like like the the concert he did at Hollywood Bowl was was It's just a must-watch for people. I just think I I love it. It's great. First
0: of all, music's such a form of identity. Absolutely. Um, Growing up, sports wasn't so much because having grown up about 45 minutes north of Toronto, Mm -hmm. you are a Leafs fan. You are a Jays fan, seeing as though I was right at the right age to witness them win their two championships. So you don't really so much identify with sports because we all like the same thing. But music is that piece that you can wear on your shirt. Great point. Yeah. And, and, and it says who you are and it says what you believe in. But I remember it being towards the end of the high school, my high school years, where I realized, wait a minute, I can. And no, I was in, funny enough, I was in English literature class. Okay. and seated beside me is this guy named Wes and Wes wore really dark makeup and had really long hair and he played in one of the hardest metal bands to come out of Newmarket Ontario <laughs> but he really liked Beyonce or he really liked Destiny's Child oh yeah okay. and he's like no but listen like it's clever and we used to sing like uh bills 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 mm-hmm. and say my name we used to sing it back and forth in the class and something clicked in my head. I'm like, oh wait, we can just like good music. Mm. Like we don't have to be so constrained by, by, by identity. And I wanted to just be a punk rocker. I just wanted to be into whatever. Mm. And then all my doors opened. And, and from that, like I then took a dive into classical, which is very interesting. Mm. And then country has become a big part of my life. And I never thought that'd be the case, but the ability much like I find in film to, express a moment or feel a moment more with a style of music mm. it, it it almost it becomes soundtracks to certain parts of your life. I think of Collective Soul as a band and I always think of doing homework in grade ten. Yes. Right? And and you just get these these very Uh, Visceral connections and memories because of them.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, And that's what's great. As you said, I love how you put it as the soundtrack of your memories of your life, you know, and it's all about mood. It's all about the mood you're in and everything like that. And for me, I sometimes, well, I don't live close to where I work, so I have a long commute a lot of the time. It feels so bad for you. I don't mind it. Such a trooper. It's fine. um, But a lot of the time and, and you know my other love for sport is baseball so in my commute, if I'm not listening to baseball chat I'm listening to music and then a lot of the time it's music and mm-hmm. particularly when you if like some of the World Cup shifts we pulled this year were very long but even just the Premier League double double header shift you know when you talk like that <clears throat> on air for a long time and it requires a lot of maximum concentration I'm far from saying that it's a, a strenuous job I'm, I'm, I'm not pl- claiming that um, but it is something you you know you have to pick your right words and everything you can be Mentally exhausted by Mm -hmm. the end of it, so you get in the car, you just want to relax, and Mm -hmm. that's what uh, you know. I couldn't even imagine those drives if it wasn't for some of those some of those bands that you that we we mentioned, and artists like like Kygo. I heard about the book. Is the book true?
0: There's like the lore of your book, and you just have these. Oh, my notebooks. Your notebooks. Yeah,
1: yeah. I have many. Yeah. So
0: obviously, okay. So Stephen,
1: you'll probably be able to tell you all about that. I'm speaking
0: in code and in secret here. Everyone kind of handles. I think of Paul Hendricks, someone that I shadowed and looked up to uh, in my time in hockey. Great. And he has these manila manila folders. Okay. And it's filled with information, but more than that, it's the things he's written in permanent marker on, like, the the, the wings of the folder, front and back. Yes. That's kind of his cues, and, and it's what helps him, you know, it's his preparation method. Right. You have, like,. Volumes, I'd right. imagine, of of books from all your
2: years covering sports. That's right,
0: and that's your method. Yes. How does take us into a page or a preparation? Yeah. For a match, let's say.
2: Well, so I have, um, depending on the the season, I have the 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 notebook. Mm-hmm. So it's usually three hundred pages, and then I'll have tabs depending on you know, so I can quickly get to the teams quickly. A, a quick story on this. This began when I was at the score doing live games with James James Sharman. Mm-hmm. and. I, re- I quickly realized that, you know, the ability to know everything immediately was very important or know things that you wanted to talk about was very important. So when we're doing live television and you're going back and forth and, and things would develop very quickly. You don't know where you're going to go. So you don't know who's going to score a goal or where the story is going to go or who's going to lose heavily. And you've got to know that very, very, very quickly. And so it might literally be, okay, we're coming back up the break. All right, now we're going to talk about this team. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, you, we're going to ask you this, this, this about this team. It's like, okay, so for you to com- completely keep that whole thing in your mind, there's some people who do it. They're complete geniuses. I didn't, I don't have the ability to keep everything in your mind the entire time. And so, I would prepare that way for that, and I've, and I've continued that ever since World Cups, European Championships, Major League Soccer seasons, everything. So I have the ability to just go back and look at things, make notes for myself. But it features everything. It features results, stats, quotes, um, a lot of quotes, a lot of managers' quotes, a lot of ideas that I've written down um, and stories that when you know I read the newspapers because people would say, well, why don't you just put it on a on a computer and then you because it it, it was. To be frankly, it was the ability to get to it as fast as possible yeah. that was important about writing it down. And also, there's something about when you write it down, for me, that it sticks. Yeah. And it was sticking a little bit more, rather than if I just type it into a a, into a file in a Google Doc. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I've typed it in, then I can type that in. It's fun. Is my brain really working at that yeah. point? It's not. It's just automatic, you know?
0: And I think there's something with the eyes, the interaction with the flickering computer screen, right. that kind of, like, shuts something off back there. Yes. And you ask the guys here, and I feel bad, but whenever they have something to said me, I'm always like, can you please just print it out? Yes. Like, I need to put something into my hands yep. and flip through it and use a pen and make Same. marks on it mm-hmm. in order to interact with it. And then... It's like we have this little relationship now Me and the information Yes
2: And I have these relationships With these four color pens They're very big for me I, It's all, the only thing I use You know the big four color pens St- Really? Oh yeah Like
0: the red, blue, black and green
2: That's the one
1: What do you use the green for? Um, Everything uh, Different things <laughs> Different things So it would be different No one uses green No I don't use the green To be fair You bring that up It's a great point I've thrown out many pens Where there's only green ink left <laughs> Right Yeah you're like, So you right. yeah, this? Yeah, But most of the time so You the, give it to your boy I should He's like this is amazing I have a green pen no one uses green it's true I don't use
2: green very often because you know when you write it it just doesn't stand out off no. the page enough um, so maybe they should change that colour to something else I'll take suggestions uh, but yeah would be exactly great. a highlighter just Yeah, make it a highlighter, highlighter would be great uh, so yeah I, and, and the other thing too is I create spreadsheets for the teams mm-hmm. so on each team page I have like all the players down the one side and I'll do this for TFC or for Premier League and everything and then per, I have boxes like so if they play 34 games I'll have 1 to 34 and then down so I will have code so if they play the 90 minutes they Get like a red tick. If they played 25 minutes, they'll get like a blue 25, things like that. Just so I know. So, an ability, a quick glance, an ability to know he played last week or he didn't play last week or Greg Vanny makes three changes this week and here you go, these are the teams. Or, like, I I, I know instantly because I looked at it, but that TFC only played. You know the same lineup back to back games last year once, and that Drew Moore and Chris Mavinga didn't play a game together last right. year. Didn't play one minute together in MLS, and I knew that right away because of, of my of what my page tells me. That's
0: wild. First so, of all, to know that they had to go through the whole year, not play. having mm. two of your the, the, like, the, your the two center best centre backs. Yeah, uh, they can't play a minute together. Yeah, I uh, admittedly I've told this to Sean before, and he thinks I'm crazy. I was very intimidated by you in a dead serious in the first few years um because and i think it
2: came it, it's and sean would know why that would, sounds ridiculous because sean and i go way back at the score to, to
0: the score yes. exactly and 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 he may have even been the one that when i was when we were both still with maple leaf Source entertainment that like talked me off a ledge and was like no like just say hi like it's cool but it was it's very much i think an information thing okay um Because I was given the opportunity, when I did All for One, I was given the opportunity off the back of a documentary I did in hockey. And they're like, oh, you want to do this thing and you can kind of tell a story? What do you think of this? You have a TV series. Um, And I'm the first one to say yes. And then I had to, like, crunch three weeks of, like, everything that exists in the football world, like, into three weeks. And and I thank many people, one of them being Jason Bent. You did who, amazing, though. Who, who did, well, it was fantastic. I, I, all I did was ask people to talk to me about it. I think I, when I watch the first season of All for One, I find it almost the truest right. just because I can see me learning as I'm going and figuring out. Right. <laughs> and so in I think inherently in you comes this feeling like someone's gonna figure out that i'm a fraud and 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 i'm I'm trying to learn and i'm not quite there and you were always the guy because not only were we at games a lot i then go back and i watch them all and so i can process it because as i said to you earlier i need i need the commentary Mm. to really start understanding why things happen yeah um which was always funny because when we'd be at the meal room like on the road they'd always have the afternoon game on let's say if we're mm. playing Columbus at night mm. and the players would never listen to commentary be on mute and I'm like I don't know who anyone is <laughs> like please you got to flick it on I don't know what it was but it was sometime in the 2016 season okay I kind of I I I started to make these like small steps and I I'd say hello when you're on the sign line right and I think my favorite football memory Was uh, the second leg, the home match? I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of it. Uh, Toronto versus Montreal in the conference finals. And that game goes off, and I look over my shoulder, and we caught eyes, and we both have a big dumb grin on our face. And that becomes my favorite football memory ever, (laughs) which is kind of neat. But also the backstory of having this person present that you're very intimidated by, and I'm like, well, he's going to know I'm a fraud, like that I can't (sighs) do it. And that's probably why I never used you for an interview. Really? Until we did Champions League, Champ- Champions we League, we
2: did Champions League. Yeah, we were in Mexico together. Uh, we were in Mexico. That was a ride. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. I'll take that again. No, um, oh, that's that's an interesting one. I I I I mean, I don't know why that would be the case, yeah. but I guess I mean part of my personality is that I'm not like uh, I'm not incredibly outgoing. Like some people think that when you get in a position like I am, that you know, it's like sometimes I'll get these requests to go MC things. And and I'll be intimidated by that. And, and people are like, well, why wouldn't you want to go like MC an event with three hundred people in that? Like you talk to two hundred thousand people every weekend. I would do that. And I would be like, no, I talk to a cameraman. Okay, right. And it's I and I've been quite fortunate that I've never been nervous on air. Mm-hmm. I don't get nervous. Um, you know, the adrenaline kicks in and you get excited, mm-hmm. but I've never been nervous on camera. I think that maybe speaks to I don't get nervous about really anything i mean i've been quite blessed my my family's healthy and, and, and the, the, like, other than that what's what's really important you know what i mean Completely. um so but when it comes to like public speaking i'm like no I don't, not really me so that's i've never been that person that's the, my, the long story short is i've never been that person that would be really go outgoing and me right overly straight away you right. know so you know, you and I have known each other a long time now, so it's easier. So yeah. I, but once people come to me and I can engage in, engage in that conversation, yep. I'm easy to talk to. But after that, I'm not necessarily that person who will go out there and make people, I'm trying to get better at that. And I think that my, my wife's incredible at that. And she's the person who, if you have a good waiter, will immediately tell them, you are an amazing waiter. She'll tell them that you're an amazing waiter. And I've always taken that on. And she's taught me the ability to tell people what a great job that they do. And I think that feedback in life is is very, very small and it's Mm. poor. People are very poor at giving feedback Mm. and it's just an email or a word that Mm. you can turn someone's day and it just costs nothing, you know, and to turn around and say, you do a great job or thank you for, you know, and I'm I'm getting better at that because I feel like that, it just makes us a little bit better for everybody in the world everyone could do that one time per day right you know thank you you do a great job and it's it's just easier i think
0: i was out with someone uh, for lunch and we we kind of went into this discussion about life and you know we're kind of these meat sacks that float around and sometimes bump into each other and i said imagine you can you you learn that you've changed someone's life positively once yeah so you live your whole life but that the reason for that whole existence is because you made someone's life better once. Mm. And I'm like, imagine do that once a year and how much that would mean. Imagine you that once a month right. and how much that means. Right. But I have crazy social anxiety, so I won't be that person. Right. Like I it just it makes me really nervous. But oddly enough, if you were to give me a room of five thousand people, a hundred percent, give me the microphone right. because that's I I'm protected in some weird way, right? But if you give me like a dinner party of ten people, right? I I am like crawling on the way there under my skin, trying to like oh maybe I'm sick am I do I feel a tickle in my throat is there something I'm like oh maybe my ears itchy I better not go I better go see a doctor uh, because that idea of engaging like a group of ten people personally yeah really bothers me and then and that kind of works itself down to once I can like you break that threshold well, I can sit here and we could talk yeah. for hours oh, I can keep going.
2: I'm with you did I hear somewhere that you did something with people with brain injuries at one point I did I did that too no way yeah so this and this is relevant to this discussion because one of the things I struggle with now is that 95% of my workload is towards my job consistently mm-hmm. right so all my and I'll have these discussions sometimes with, with Jenny and I'll be like I just there's there's a part of me that feels like I'm not giving back enough mm. you know what I mean and when i worked with i worked with people with tbi so traumatic mm-hmm. brain injuries mm-hmm. and did uh, sort of like. I. right and when i first moved to canada i couldn't get a full time job in the media did everything said yes to everything worked you know 14 hours and volunteered everything um but in order to keep the bills going i i worked with the com- with a company that said to me that we need a rehabilitation coach, basically that you work with speech pathologists and mm-hmm. language pathologists, and you are the person that is has worked directly with this person who's acquired their brain injury, usually through motor vehicle accidents. Mm-hmm. So my youngest client was five, my eldest was 88. And it was such a, a thrill for me during that four or five years when I was here. And eventually, in order for me to carry on this career path, I had to put it aside. But it ticked those boxes for me. Completely. It was sometimes very, very difficult because you just don't know what you're going to get out of them every day. And, and God bless them. It was mm-hmm. tough for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess my personality style was what they wanted at that point, mm-hmm. And that's why we work well together. But still, to this day, I still think about those moments and still have a desire to do stuff like that.
0: That's... that yes can i just say yes and it's just like we understand that we completely get each other yeah moment yeah so you did Um, something
1: similar did you yeah and i was
0: i didn't work for a company though i i had gone through something with a family member when i was in my early 20s Mm. and just because that because someone knew that experience they referred me to a single person and they said listen uh I'm pretty sure you guys would work well for each other. The person who referred me was part of the treatment team. Right. And that person had been in a motor vehicle accident. Yeah. So that was the first. But then from there, it got... Because you, you, you become part of a community of occupational therapists, spe- speech right. pathologists, as you said. And, and it's a pretty tight community because they work with a, you know a roster of people. And and you can start seeing oh you could use the help of this person um and so then i moved on so i worked with yes i had a group of clients 100% that had been in uh, had acquired the, the adult onset brain injury right. but then they moved me into um people with with uh later disorders okay. right so you a handful of adhd right. um with Asperger's, stuff like that and it's just something I don't know what it is. It's something it's – I don't know. I have puffy cheeks. I'm not sure. Right. But there's just something there. Uh, and my communication style worked in mm. that. And much like you, in order to – I was – I think I was on my the second year of the show when I finally had to to leave it. Yeah. Because I couldn't I, – I had shrunk down my client base, but I couldn't even manage the five that I kept. Right. And I had to leave it, and that was very hard for me. And last Christmas a year ago, I actually flew to Vancouver and spent with one of the families oh, that I that I had worked with like ten years ago. Amazing, uh, because that's kind of the connections you build. Yes, and I think those are all the pieces that I've taken into that I applied to my interviewing. Yes, right when when, when you are just trying to connect with a human, and you're just trying to see things the same way, mm-hmm. and and relate, or maybe not relate. But just kind of figure that out and figure that balance out with someone else, uh, that's I, and I don't do it consciously, but I think that's just what my brain wants to do when I'm you know, talking with whoever it might be. Yeah,
2: that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, it was uh, like much like you. I was doing it during the day, and then I was working um, as a script writer for people like Tim and, and Sid and, and Greg Sansoni and Martin and all those great people at, at the score for many years. When I first started the score in 03, I was doing that from like 6 o'clock till 2 in the morning. And then I would go back and start again, and then eventually – opportunities started to come mm. at the score where they were like we need you during the day mm-hmm. and I've said this to many people before in other areas when people ask me about the industry you just said yes to everything do you know mm-hmm. CFL yes I do yeah, know yeah, CFL of course um, I don't I'll figure do i figure out do I know soccer yeah, I'll
1: figure
2: <laughs> yeah, <of laughs> yes course. you do um, but you know you say yes to everything and you figure it out later yeah. and in the end the, re- the responsibilities at the score started to come more and more on me and, and the, the other area got marginalized thankfully it wasn't a full time job you could just pick and choose mm-hmm. what you wanted and I tried to keep the balance of both eventually mm-hmm. until it just became too too much but it's uh it was it was very rewarding and 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 areas of that life I still miss because look you know I, I go to work and then we talk about football and we talk about tactics and we talk about Jose Mourinho and we have fun and we talk about TFC and we broadcast everything but we're not saving lives here and right. we're not making a difference the only thing the only solace I take from it is that there's a lot of there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who have a heartache every single day there's a lot of people who go to work and work many many hours at jobs that they don't like and they turn to sports as that release right. and that's what i try and provide and that's what i say to people who work with us all the time guys with their release mm-hmm. with you know let's have some fun here mm-hmm. you know let's find a blend between entertainment and inform in informing yes. you know at the end of the day we don't all really need to be serious but people are coming to us because they haven't had the chance to follow the storylines of the week working so hard or a, God forbid a family member is poorly yeah. or sick or something and they're coming and they're just for that two hours they just want to sit on their couch and forget about the unfortunately the problems in their life and they just want to be entertained mm-hmm. and watch a, a soccer game and that's what we try and do
0: and at the same time even let's well, maybe there are some people out there that things aren't going terribly let's yeah. hope that you have a couple yeah. of viewers that, oh that, you know, that's true life is just 100% something. But 100% um, it's there's something to routine yeah. Right? And and it's like the guys that go down to the same pub every Tuesday night with their same friends. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing it since they were 21. And they just do it because there's something to having that constant um, rock in your life just sitting there that they like. Yes. And that's, that's what you guys, that's what Saturday morning is for me, with you guys. And you've seen me many times, I'll, I don't know why, because I'm a child, I'll tweet, I'll be like. Oh, no, we, uh, we love it. What's going on? It, it Maybe it's a piece of me that's like, I've got friends, guys, I swear. <laughs> like, I know them, but for me, it is just, I love having that routine Saturday morning, because I get to get up after you've gotten up, no doubt, um, and I get to sit down and kind of chill with you guys for a couple hours. Yeah and let the fog clear of the week and then I'll get up and then I'll go you know early afternoon I start doing my chores around the house and then do what I have to do in the yeah. evening but I just love that routine of it all and and I think I I think so many of the viewers yes but that's escape too I guess yes. that's what I, that that is an escape, and maybe it's not from problems, but it's just you want that couple weeks with or those couple hours with your three pals.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the beauty of the sport in this country is the time of the time that the games are on. You know, there's something about you know, there's something about having that live morning games where you can get together. And I know guys who get together every week in Toronto and they'll have like an English fry up and they'll watch the games yeah. together. You know what I mean? And then they can still go home and be with their families in the afternoon. You know, they can still go and still have the majority of the day with them and the morning provides that and even in the afternoon some you know if kids can come home from school and watch some games they can do that so no I, I understand that and as you said it's a, it's, a, it's a release away from that and I think some of your tweets so I always smile because a lot of them were like we were together the night before at some TFC yeah.
1: game <laughs> more, more often than not it was raining because that's what Literally always happened. <laughs> we you know, were wet poodles they were, we were soaked <laughs> and then the next morning you're probably waking up and go oh, there he is again and like there's a, there a time
2: where because obviously my two colleagues that we talked about before they get to stand up in their posh ivory tower you know when it's raining and like just laugh at me (laughs) when I'm down in the down on the sidelines with you or whatever getting absolutely drenched Drenched. and so at one point we had a game a couple it was last season or the season before where it was a complete like monsoon at demo field as it often is and I get home and I'm like a drowned rat and then eventually wake up the next morning come into the Premier League and I sometimes we'll tell stories off the air and most of the time, you, you, they don't go on the air. But Absolutely. this one, Walman
1: just decided that he, it was like, oh, I'm now joined by Stephen Colwell and KJ, who slept with a hat on all night last night. because he was, And then I'm like, all right, you want to go there? Well, you two were in your suits up in the top while I was yeah. getting soaked. I yes, said, I did sleep with a hat on. and It becomes like a running joke. You know what I mean? So it's like, but yeah, but that game against Montreal that you mentioned, that was, the,
2: that was one of them. It had everything. It was yeah. the rain. That, that, that night afterwards, thankfully, I didn't have to go do Premier League because the next, I didn't sleep that night. Yeah. I, di- I didn't go to bed, I didn't go to bed because it was one of those, whenever you do night games you're the same I'm sure, you can't just go home and fall asleep, no. there's adrenaline that's kicked in, there's an emotional thing that you've seen and and that night I remember getting home and I just had this burning desire to write and I got home at three in the morning and I just wrote, I just put my music on and I just kept writing, writing and writing about that night and I don't know whether, some of it got published some of it on, on tsn.ca, some of it may get published in a book one day, I don't know it may never get seen but I have those immediate thoughts and emotions right now written down from that and then the next minute tsm radio's calling me for a hit at 6 30 in the morning like sorry to wake you <laughs> up so sorry i haven't been to no, bed
1: I, no i'm still good they like yeah, i'm still good yeah so i uh,
2: i remember at
0: one point stepping back under the canopy mm. like in the south end and being like oh it's actually better in here right i'm like it does a lot to shield people from the rain this is great and then i have to step forward and then most of the night's as you see, for whatever reason, I've decided that being low is really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kneeling most of the nights, mm-hmm. and my legs are just drenched. And I swear, when I like my bones get creaky now. And I think it's because of kneeling in the rain right. on grass at BMO, which was definitely a short-term win and a long-term fall. <laughs> You're like
1: a major league baseball catcher right now. <laughs> I, that's
0: exactly what I am. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to get my cane by age 37. It's right. going to be great. Right. And a walker by 42. Um, <laughs> It's special. Those nights are special, and and you said that burning sensation to write, mm-hmm. and I was going to ask you that. Do you still get it? Um, clearly, the answer is yes, because, and I tell whoever I talk to this writing, for me, has been the foundation of everything. That no matter what, I can still write, and we just did a we did a brand spot for a team recently, and. I wrote the manifesto for it because mm. your brain is there. And no matter what, I'm like, I can always go back to writing and it feels like home. And it, it almost becomes a better expression than anything I can do with a camera or an editing bay because I'm like, no, I can say exactly how I feel. yeah, And, and I can just put it down and whether it's for me or whether it's f- to be read, it's exactly how I felt in that moment. Are you still finding your outlets in your life to, to to get that out?
2: Yeah, I mean the media is changing, right? This is the concern. I don't do anywhere near as much writing professionally than I did when I first started at TSN, and that's not that long ago, or, or certainly at the score. And um, and that is the decision of some people that believe that it's just there's just there's just not enough people out there who are willing to read stuff anymore, which I I understand, and that everything's about immediacy now and everything's about attention spans and who's going to cl- open that click and who's going to spend you no know, more than 10 seconds reading an article i get all that but i do feel like that that is the art of writing is not dying because mm-hmm. of it and this is still going to be there no matter what the era when we're way gone people are still going to want to read about books and so mm-hmm. i actually think my own, maybe this is just my own interest, but I do think that pe- speaking to some people, the long format of writing is coming back I because I th- agree. I think that everybody is now six hundred words, six hundred words, no, no more than six hundred or nine hundred words, get it done, and it's like okay, it's just literally something you can read like when you're standing for waiting for the a, 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 a train or something yeah. on the platform in two minutes, yeah. and it's like. I'm a big substance person. I love to bring substance to things. Let's get deeper, right? Let's get deeper in all of our conversations. Let's be open and honest and get out there and get get deep into the stuff. And you can't do that with 600 words. No, You can't. You can You cannot. And there are people out there that want to get deeper because they want to be informed. Mm -hmm. Educate, inform, entertain. Mm -hmm. Let's get those box ticked every time. Mm -hmm. And... And there's still a reason for that. And the newspapers are still surviving, thankfully, which Mm -hmm. is a difficult era. Um, And I still believe and hopefully I'll be writing more and more going forward. And I still think there's something there. I don't, you
0: know, 100 years from now, they're not going to look back at a 400-word update. No. To to have a key into who our society is. 100%. Someone will have written a long-form book. Of how we went through a phase that we only wrote 400 words at a time, yeah, and yeah. that it was like the max amount that our brain allowed, yeah. Um, but that I my my doorway into writing was doing long form features, right? And that's just where I like to live, yeah. And I, Sean and I talk about this all the time that we we believe that yes, it's on the rise or it's on the comeback, but there's going to be the right avenue for that. And it's on people like us, I think, almost to start creating the right avenue. Yes, yes. Because we're both fortunate in the sense that I'm, you know, you're 18, 18 years here. You say, Oh, yeah, 2000. Yeah, well, 18 yeah, 18, year. 18 years in Canada, yeah. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm two decades into a media career, which I'm, I can't believe. Like Same, you would yeah. tell five-year-old me that I'm going to spend <laughs> 20 years in sports. <laughs> right. He'd probably say how, because yeah. he was smart. But uh, it... I hope we can find a way. I, I hope, do too. I hope we can find a way um, because I miss that. And I, much like you, have gone home and I'll write long pieces and be like, well, I have nowhere to put it. Yeah. So it just gets saved in a draft and, and maybe it comes out one day.
2: One of the things that – one of the nicest things people said to me – I remember a couple of people said to me that night, actually, what I wrote about that night in Montreal, that Montreal game. Someone was like, oh, I'll frame that. I framed it. I printed it. I framed it and put it on my wall. And I'm Relent. like – that kind of stuff sticks with me because when I was a kid, I always wanted to be an artist and I'm rubbish at drawing, right? So I, I I never understood this aspect of why we go to art class because I'm like, no, I just can't draw. I could sit here with an art teacher for the rest of my life and you could teach me different strategies and different ways to draw. I'm rubbish. Yeah. I just, I don't have the ability to draw well. So it's pointless, yeah. you know? But so uh, my way of expressing a wonderful piece of art is trying to do it that way, you know, yeah. and that's like you, the same way in, in in your capacity that your ability to try and reach sustained excellence, everything, every single thing you put out there, that's art. It's the yeah. same way. And it's a level of expertise and you will not put out things that you're not com- completely satisfied with. It's the same with us, you know, in our industry. It's a weird, like damning sword, isn't it?
0: Mm. Where sometimes you're like, I just can't do it. Yeah, It can't. And, and I've been told you can make this so much easier on yourself. Yeah. Clay, you can just make this so much easier on yourself. Just... You- slap some footage together and kick it out and I'm like are you out of your mind no, no. but for whatever reason and it, there's no byline on videos but I'm like my name's on this yep. I'm like I can't just put it out yep. well, I don't feel anything yet and they're like what <laughs> it's a ticket promo Clay
2: <laughs> I'm like I need to feel something I'm the same way every broadcast we do you know we when we were doing Champions League Europa League Premier League MLS and like we don't have Champions League and Europa League anymore but we got to the point where World Cups we were doing almost 200 shows a year sometimes Jeez. live shows and it 's not just the live show it 's the preparation you 've got to put in and the the thought of showing up to a show. And maybe I've only done it once or twice, even thinking about it. I get this hole in my stomach feeling like not prepared for that show. And like, oh no, it's okay. It's just a Thursday Europa League. And it's like, no, it's not. Okay. It's like somebody out there is it's watching everything you are. Somebody is watching. Yeah. That's their big show that day. Or yeah. somebody's watching that for the first time. And let's go out there and show them, no, we can do this. That's this someone's f- Preston out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That's what's exactly. going on. Exactly. Right. So anyway, that's just I'm I'm with you. just try and be the best you can be every time.
0: That works well because I think I've had you for, I've kept you for an hour and I know you have a busy day, but that works perfectly in the way I like to end every single show or every single podcast because I believe that we have the ability to wake up every morning and, and set our mind on exactly who we want to be and be the best version of ourselves, regardless of maybe where we fell short yesterday or the day before. And, and, you know, it's, it's, I think. Kind of damning of, or or it's very indicative of society of being like, well, you know what? I had pizza last night for dinner, so I guess I'm just going to wake up and have shit today. Right. Like, but I believe you can wake up every morning and make an effort and and do even like all the small things you do add up to the big things. Yes. Um. I once had a client actually tell me that. Uh, someone I had worked mm-hmm. with that she had been told if a person can wake up every morning and make their bed that person can conquer the world mm. and I thought that was brilliant because I know even with myself how hard it is to wake up and just want to make my bed every morning and I think of her every single day as I get up and I'm like oh I better get off to work I'm like take two minutes make your bed yeah. because if you can set your mind upon one thing uh, you can set your mind upon everything and so with that I like to take tell everyone to do the simplest thing they can and be good to themselves and eat their vegetables (laughs) so if you can help me with this as we say goodbye from myself from Christian Jack from Dylan obviously you know running the levels doing all the technical producing from uh, Luca who edits this afterwards and from Sean who does tons tons of great things and keeps me sane most days Uh, everyone please 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 be good to yourself and eat your vegetables (laughs) (laughs)